my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Hey guys, Willie Geist here with another episode of the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. My thanks as always for clicking and listening along. I am very excited to bring you my conversation today with the incredibly talented actress Ana de Armas. Perhaps you got to know her first in Knives Out, the hit 2019 movie where she played Nurse Marta in that incredible ensemble cast. And even among those actors, she stood out. She was nominated for the Golden Globe Award for Best Actress. She's been in No Time to Die, the Bond movie. She's been in Blade Runner 2049. And in this year's The Gray Man, all big budget kind of action blockbusters that have made her a star and now taken her to the place where she's standing on her own playing Marilyn Monroe in the new movie that has a lot of people talking. It's called Blonde. It is based on a novel of about 20 years ago by Joyce Carol Oates. So it's a somewhat fictionalized interpretation of Marilyn Monroe's life. It is a difficult movie. It's a challenging movie. It's hard to watch sometimes. It's uncomfortable, but it is explosive, and she is so good. She looks so much like Marilyn Monroe, and she is in every frame of this movie. So she really had to get into it. She really had to get it right, and it is tough. So I'm looking forward to bringing you this conversation because maybe you've seen some clips. Maybe you've seen the trailer. Now you get to hear the full story. And her story, she was born in Havana, Cuba, was Ana de Armas, uh, grew up in a small town outside the city. Um, she hitchhiked to theater school when she was a teenager, got really good at it, moved to Spain to become an actor, didn't entirely find what she wanted there. So in 2014, she took the leap and moved to Los Angeles, not speaking English and began auditioning for movies, teaching herself English phonetically and eventually landing a role in a movie called Knock Knock with Keanu Reeves, and her career took off from there. So she is really interesting to talk to, not just about this movie with director Andrew Dominic. Uh, this whole idea is his. This interpretation of the novel is his. This portrayal of Marilyn Monroe is his idea. But it's Ana de Armas who steps in and plays it. A great conversation with Ana de Armas right now on the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. So tell me how you're feeling on the eve of the release of this project that you've given so much of your energy and emotion and time to. What does it feel like? It feels, uh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I'm very um, curious about what the reaction is going to be. I feel like, you know, it's been three years since we shot this movie and now it's finally coming out. But it's been a roller coaster of emotions during those three years. When I first saw the movie, when you first share it with your close friends and family, how you feel about it, every time you watch it, a different part of the film hits you mm. in a different way. Um, so I've made my... Uh, I, I came to terms with the movie already. I already know how I feel about the movie, how I feel about the experience, what it means to me. And now it's coming out and it's new for all of you. <laughs> it's not new for me anymore. So 
I feel like as much as, you know, as excited as I am, I feel like whatever happens is not going to affect how I feel about mm. it and about the work we put in. So, but, but, but finally, it's, yeah, you know, you've it's, it's long here. Enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> you put, here. As I said, you put so much into it. Yeah. I think to me, the word is stunning. Your performance is stunning. Her Thank life you. is stunning. <laughs> um, how did you begin to get into this part? As we were just discussing, people have preconceived notions about Marilyn Monroe or they know a few things about her. They know the subway great, they yeah. know happy birthday, Mr. President. They know gentlemen prefer blondes. Yeah. But where did you begin to try to get to know her so you could play this part? I mean, I think the beginning of, of it all was just trying to learn everything that Andrew had been working on for over 10 years. Yeah. Absorbing all of that passion, first of all, and, and all of that information and knowledge that he has. And then I started with the book, I started with her films, uh, pictures, uh, a, a, a photographic Bible that Andrew gave every department and myself uh, with the entire film in images. So it was kind of like a slow process uh, of discovering who, not just the movie star was, but who was Norma Jean. So. It was uh, just a lot of, you know, conversations and, and just questioning everything, pretty much. Trying to dig and, and you know, un unveil, like, all these this things that were there. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, um, not so much about what we already knew about Marilyn. So it was, a, it was very interesting. It was very... Uh, Revelatory, like a lot of things that I, I just I didn't know that much about her. Uh, I'm Cuban. I saw maybe a few movies of her, some pictures for sure, but I just didn't know that much. So everything was uh, a big discovery. It was very new. I feel very new. So given that you didn't know much about her, when someone came to you and said they're making a movie of this book, Blonde, yeah, and they're thinking about you for Marilyn Monroe, this iconic figure. What was your reaction at first? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, Andrew saw me when I did Knock Knock. And right away, he called my agent and told him, this girl, you know, I want her to be Marilyn. Wow. And my agent was like, she, she doesn't speak English. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I think Andrew put that aside for three years. And then, you know, three years later, he called my agent again. Hey, this actress, I still, I'm still thinking about her. Can I, can I see her? So they sent me the script and I met with Andrew like the day or two days after. And the first thing I told him was, is this a horror movie or mm. what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, kind of, you know, pretty much. And um, that was the beginning of, you know, understanding what he wanted to do with this film what was his intention and what what was uh what was the lens that we were telling this film through one of the things that the viewer has to keep in mind and i imagine you had to keep in mind is that it's based on this novel by joyce carol oates from mm. about 20 years ago mm. that's fictionalized in some places so you're working through 
which is what part of this is real and what part of this is, is fictionalized. Yeah. So as an actor, how did you work through that? Did you just stay true to the script or did you have to was that difficult in any way? I think I think the you know, the movie is not necessarily um um it's chronological and it doesn't follow uh there isn't a kind of like there isn't an an order for the events necessarily but there is an emotional order there is a clear direction where we're going towards so what was real what really happened the facts those were important we wanted to be truth to that but the other parts I mean we were just trying to be consistent with her emotions. So if we were consistent with that and I was just focusing on my truth or her truth, um, I don't know if I'm making sense no, of what I'm saying. No, I understand what you mean. No, because people will say, oh, yeah. is this a biopic about Marilyn yeah. Monroe? It's not necessarily. It, it, it's not, yeah. it's not, but it is emotionally truth. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I understand what you're saying. I mean, this yeah. is—it's uh, reflective of what she was feeling and going through. Yes. In her life. Yes. And it's funny you say that the director said this is kind of a horror movie because yeah. right from the outset, it does feel that way. But as you say, that's the reality of what her life was as a child, and it felt like she was fighting every day of her life. Even at the height of her fame, everything was a fight for her. Yeah, I think for sure she was. Uh, she 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 was trying to survive at all times hmm. dealing with you know with situations that whether it, it got to a point I think in my opinion that sometimes she was in a horrible situation that she needed to get out of sometimes she wasn't and she unconsciously maybe created that situation hmm. to just be saved because that was a familiar feeling. That's what you wanted. Um, sometimes you just... Sometimes um, you, you want attention. You need attention. And you get it uh, not from the right people or in the right, the right way, but it's attention that mm-hmm. you need. And, and that can be interpreted as love, desire, um, you know, success, all of that. But at the, at the bottom of it, what she needed was to feel, to be seen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it feels like even when she was the famous Marilyn Monroe, she mm. was mistreated. It's interesting to hear you say that she sort of sought out conflict, maybe, mm-hmm. in some ways. Um, but you would think a star of her stature living this glamorous life on the outside but even at home and in her relationships it was always there was always conflict yeah there's always strife in her life yeah i mean i think that the movie does present this this you know um idea of the perception that we have of success and fame mm. and glamour and you know um having you know someone that we idolize and we kind of like you know look up to and we want to um you know find inspiration from and and do what she's doing and get there you know um 
I feel like in the movie shows the other side of mm. that and the price that you pay for that and what the true of of um, her life and the industry and the people she was surrounded by was like um, which I think is very different to what we think yeah. it was I mean she was disrespected right until the end even though she was a Completely. star I mean she was fighting to be considered you know a serious actress right. she, she just kept asking for it over and over and over again but that's not what was that was not the demand that's mm. not what was expected people wanted Marilyn they wanted that product that's what you know, she had to keep delivering that because the opposite was, you know, nothing. Mm. She, she was she was nothing else. She was not considered anything else. So, I mean, just to watch you perform for those couple of hours, and as I said, you're in every frame of every scene of this mm. entire movie. I was just thinking, my God, what a performance! But number two, how draining it must have been oh, yeah. <laughs> because truly I mean she's always under some kind of stress or in some kind of pain or the yes. victim of violence yes. in some way what was that like for I you mean, to live that way I was here for nine weeks and I yeah. can tell you it was uh it, it it was exhausting I just cannot imagine what it was like to just you know be her mm. for 36 years I mean it, it, there was something um there was something really interesting that Andrew told me, and I think it was kind of like something that really uh, stayed with me throughout the whole filming. Uh, and, you know, he said, you're not allowed to express anger or rage. Mm. She cannot do that. So you have to find out other ways to make it through life and situations and to solve problems with anything else whatever any place you want to go you go except for anger and rage so that alone having that limitation and i personally think that expressing anger and rage is extremely important for yeah. people um especially when it comes to the time of setting boundaries, which something that she didn't have mm. as well. Yes. So that alone, trying to contain that, your entire life. This is not someone that we're talking about when she was already Marilyn. She was a child. Yeah. Um, containing that, it's already so exhausting and draining and trying to just... Um, make it out, you know, certain situations with some dignity and the willingness to just keep going. It's just, it was, uh, it was a p very powerful note for Andrew, I mean, from Andrew to me, that I, that, that it really served me, mm. at, at the, at, you know, when, when I was just trying to uh, make sense of what was happening. So what did you take that to mean as an actor? Because for her, she had to put all that anger and rage away. Yeah. It was still there. Yeah. 
but she had to have a smile on her face and yeah. be Marilyn Monroe. So as an actor, how did you perceive the, that I note? think the, the same thing. I feel like many times during this process, I've failed. Uh, I learned how to use what I was going through and use it in her, you know, for her benefit, for, for the character. Many times I was insecure. Many times I feel... Uh, Observed or watched, or at least that's what I thought was mm. happening. On set, you mean. yeah, yeah. Um, I was very self-conscious about my voice and the accent and just being her. I mean, I was acting ne next to incredible actors, uh, and I was, you know, if I would let it, you know, get in my head, I was just, I would go crazy on set, and and. Andrew, every time, who, you know, he's very perceptive, perceptive um, he would come to me and tell, and tell me, that's it. Mm. That is how she was feeling. Mm. So more. And I was like, more? But I hate this. I'm sweating. I'm like, I'm dying here. And he was more, more. So even though it was a, is a, it was a performance or a role that seems very specific and detailed, I have never had more freedom mm. with my feelings and my emotions and the places I could go because, yeah, w when when you put a, you know, a, when you have a dead end here, then there's only one place you go and then you have to, you have to expand somehow and then you find new things that you you didn't know you had, you mm. know, you you could feel, so. But that, all, all, that only happened because of Andrew. His trust in me and his, his you know, he's just fearless. He mm. just doesn't, he doesn't shy away from anything. And, I, and when I, you know, it was so incredible to see that, that I was like, I'm not shying away either. <laughs> I'm going for this, right. you know. If you're going, I'm going. Right. So it was kind of like we, we just really... You know, we we hold each other's hand and we're you mm. know let's jump, let's just go for it. And and it, it it needed it. It had to be that way. It had to be that way to find that truth, to find the the humanity in this woman that no one has paid attention before. Mm. I think. You mentioned that breathy voice that everyone is so familiar with, and the yeah. look and everything else. Yeah. And people are familiar with it. They, yeah. They know what she sounds like. Yeah. So how hard did you have to work? Well, Not the, just to get the accent, but the way she speaks. Yeah, that, that's the thing. First of all, I think people is familiar with the on-screen voice. Right. Which from movie to movie also changed. Mm -hmm. So she, she didn't have an off-screen voice. We, we don't know Norma Jean's voice. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if someone's voice... Uh, you can imitate someone's voice perfectly. You do the perfect accent, and there's no soul in it. There is no, there's no, you can't move people. So that was my goal, to move people. And it doesn't matter, I, I would've, I had like eight, nine months of, you know, accent coaching, uh, or voice, I like to say voice, because the accent is just one aspect of someone's voice. There's many qualities in someone's voice. It's not just an accent. An accent can change, but the qualities stay there. Mm. You know? Yeah. I don't know if it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, I understand. So to me, I, I could have had two years of accent coaching, 
to, to do her voice. As soon as they say action and I start acting, it's gone. Forgotten. My brain, the other side of my brain takes over and the accent is just like, you know, gone. And that's how it should be. I cannot be thinking about that. Right. You know, whatever it is and whatever, you know, if you, in my case, what worked for me, if I connected that voice to what she was feeling and why, uh, the main the main characteristic of the voice was going to stay because the important thing was the emotion. Mm. I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like and, the yet breath it, and yet it still does sound like her, to your credit. So you're, you yeah. capture the emotion of it, but even just objectively comparing it, you, I'm you sure got her voice. People yeah. will have different opinions about Of course about they that. will, but that's <laughs> but, life. Yeah. But I am, I'm proud of... Uh, I'm proud of the result just because I do think uh, it, it feels real. And I, and, and I think it's, it's, I think it moves people. And you, you can't, you know, if you want to see Marilyn Monroe, then you, you should play one of her movies, not mm-hmm. this one. Um, this one you're going to get something else. And it, it's okay the way it is because it is real, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are you one of these actors who you're at the craft services truck ordering a grilled cheese in Marilyn Monroe's <laughs> voice or no? No. You no. lose it. Okay. No, no, no. Okay, good. No, no, no. Because what I just, what, what, I, well, what I was just telling you, it was so, uh, it was just so um, related to the emotions that of course in between takes or when I was in, you know, getting my lunch, I was not Marilyn, you know. Some people do that. So, so no, you needed no. a break. Yeah. It was, it was a lot. There's I, the- I need it, you know, it's a, it's a very, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, it's a very intense movie. It's, it's, it, 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 there is darkness in it. It's very difficult. It makes people uncomfortable. But the experience was incredible. You know, and I just don't want to talk about the movie as you know with with the same in the same tone because the movie is the movie and the way we feel about it and what we did, it's completely different. Mm. Everyone was so happy, everyone was so excited about this film. Everyone was so just just we got it. Like the whole crew, they they got it. They understood what we were doing. They were. There was so much respect, and and everyone, you know, was very honored just to be doing this film. And yeah, it was so. I wanted to have fun and enjoy my my cast, you know, friends and uh, and and uh, and the crew as much as I could. Because, Were you able to do that to step oh, yeah. out of the intensity of those scenes and just put it, you, leave it on set? You need to. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Because I already. You know, for those nine weeks, um, I, I couldn't help it. I felt heavy. It was intense. I was sad. I was deeply sad. Mm. So you need to, you know, kind of like balance it out, you know, somehow. And also, you know, she, she is living through it. 
you know, she's not making herself sad over and over and over again. It's just she's fighting for the opposite. Mm. You know, she's trying to make to 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 find a purpose. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Sunday Sit Down podcast. Stick around to hear more from Ana de Armas right after the break. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Hi, I'm Nick Friedman. And I'm Lee Alec Murray. And this is The Anime Effect. We're a brand new podcast breaking down the anime and fandom news you care about and revealing just how powerful the effect of anime really is. Every week, we're breaking down the latest anime community developments and what it means for us fans. But we won't stop at just anime. We'll dig into other fandoms we can't get enough of and invite guests we know you'll recognize to join in the discussion. Whether you're a dedicated anime fan or a casual viewer, we want you to experience The Anime Effect. Tune into The Anime Effect starting February 16th. The Anime Effect is brought to you by Crunchyroll and Sony Music Entertainment. Watch complete episodes on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel or listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Now more of my conversation with Ana de Armas. There's, there's the voice and then there's the look. And I remember yes. when the trailer first came out, Yeah. everyone went, whoa, who is that? <laughs> Ana de Armas, oh my gosh. Um, what was that process like for you every day? I understand it was a couple of hours of makeup and hair. Like three and hours. That. Three hours. Okay, three hours. <laughs> yeah. Every I, time you, you you did it. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what were what did you want to capture? What was important about her look for you? Um. I mean, my uh, hair and makeup team was just incredible, and there was a there was a, a, a quite a. It was a quite quite a process to find what would uh, make me look the most Maryland. And Andrew, he's, he's so brilliant. He came to one of the makeup hair makeup tests, and he was like, he w- w- there was something quite that couldn't w- wouldn't click, and he was like, you can't apply Maryland's makeup to Anna. You have to make Anna look like Maryland. Mm. And everyone was like, shit, <laughs> yes, that makes sense, of course. It, I am not her. I can't, you know, and we didn't have, we didn't use any prosthetics, we didn't do anything. So it was more of trying to, it was not putting her makeup, well, yeah, I'm not gonna repeat the same thing, but yeah, it was kind of like finding what would make me look like her the most. Mm. Um, and yeah, I had like, six different wigs uh which was you know a lot of a lot of fun just to, like transition to all those you know uh, all those years and and the period and and the makeup was incredible and the, doing the recreations was very exciting and like you know it was chilling mm. to do these scenes um you know it was a lot of work also like the aging makeup, those days that some days they were so packed, we had so much to do in one day that some days I had to even go from young 
Marilyn to older Marilyn to the you know to maybe the beginning of Norma Jean with mm -hmm. brunette hair so it was like so many hair and makeup changes uh, in one day it was kind of like <laughs> yeah all over the place do you remember the first time you looked in the mirror and saw yourself as Marilyn yeah what was that like <laughs> um, I don't even I don't even know how to describe it it was like I um, you know Everyone in the room started crying. I can tell you that it was, it was very emotional. It was, it was, um, it, it became real, you know. Mm. I had done tons of wardrobe fittings. I have like over a hundred wardrobe changes in the movie, and then I did separately hair tests and makeup tests, but never together. Mm -hmm. So that day was kind of like a, you know. It was a, uh, it felt like she was back or something. I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, everyone in tears tells you everything you need to I know. Get, I get emotional again. No, I'm thinking sure. About it, yeah. I'm sure. And as you got to know her and read about her and felt like you were sort of yeah, taking on her sure. life, I imagine yeah, you felt, yeah. you know, a kinship with Makes, her and wanted yeah, to do you, right by her. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel very protective of her. Now. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Isn't that amazing how that can happen? Yeah. Someone you never met before? Yeah. 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 Do you, when you look at all she went through as an, as an actress back then, and now that you're a Hollywood star yourself, hmm. <laughs> what, what do you think when you look at not only what she went through back then, but when actresses like her went through in a totally different time and all she had to do just to survive a day? Yeah. Um, it's hard. It's hard when you get put in a situation where you have to perform and deliver a specific thing that you don't even see yourself as. Uh, it's it's kind of like uh, a reflection of yourself, but the mirror is shattered, you know, it's mm. like, and then you have to keep showing up. Uh, and. You know, there's something in this that I hope that people see in the film and is the, maybe the pressure and what that does to a person, you know? The pressure in, in, the, in the media, the pressure to, to, to maintain certain, you know, uh, image or um, yeah, I feel like, I mean, the movie is, is about that, right? Your personal self and your public self and how do you, how do you do it? How do you deal with that? And what that does to you, like who, who, who's, who's more powerful, who's in charge? How do you keep that, um, you know? <laughs> and in her case, there yeah. were two different people with different names. Completely, even. Different, completely just, different people, yeah. Was there any part of it's you? Bizarre. It's bizarre. It is. Yeah. Is and something that she also kept, you know, pushing back. There was this kind of like pushback and rejection from her and like this, you know, it, it's kind of sad because there was this, you know, she talked about Marilyn as a third person, like something she, she couldn't right. even s see. Right how that would be this her like and and at the same time she understood that she needed her mm. uh, she could not go along without Marilyn 
So it's kind of, it was kind of like this love-hate relationship between these two. So. Did you find joy in her? I mean, as you say, it is difficult to watch because of what she went through. It can be uncomfortable at times, but when you studied her, did she have genuine joy or yes. was it mostly a struggle? No, I think she was happy. I think she was genuinely happy. Um, but there is such thing as too much, I guess. Did and, you and I believe that the foundation of everything is your family. Mm. You know, it's what it's what carries carries you on. You know, your entire life. It defines who you are and how you see the world. And she didn't have that yeah. at all. She she just she she didn't know better. She didn't know um, what was her reference. Yeah. She, you know, um, so she was quite lost in that sense. As you watched her life, and you're talking about this pressure and the public life and the private life, could you empathize with her oh, based yes. on what you've been through? Oh, yes, 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 absolutely. I mean, we all, we all have that. Some people, their private life and their public life is not that far apart. You know, I don't think mine is. I tried to, just for my own sake, and... And, and uh, it's just way easier to just continue to be, you know, to, to be as true to yourself as possible. But there is something about that that is about protection. Mm. Because there are things that are not meant to be shared that should be, you know, you should keep to yourself. And they mm. should stay that way. Mm. And... If you let, you know, in this industry, I feel like if you let, if you let it happen, they just keep taking and taking and taking more. And then, you know, it, it, can, it, can, it can get very invasive and, and um, yeah, out of control. <laughs> so do you, do you take lessons from her? Do you say to yourself, okay, I need to make sure I have this clear boundary and this separation and I don't tried. let them I, invade my life? Yeah, I try. I, I, I think, I think, yeah, I try and I think I did learn things from uh, her experiences and I try. Unfortunately, I don't think that's always in your control. Um, yeah. Are you able to ignore that side of it and just do your work? Uh, I try. I try. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like like her. I would rather be remembered by my work than anything else because it's my work what I chose uh, to 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 share with 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 the audience, with the public. Not my life. Otherwise, I would do something else. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. It comes with the territory in some ways. Um, you mentioned family. Yeah. Uh, growing up in Cuba. Yeah. Uh, you had a good family yourself. Yeah. And I'm curious where this acting thing came from you. It's not like you grew up in a Hollywood glamorous life, but you watched movies and you, you got oh, the yes. bug. You wanted to be an actress. Yes. I mean, we, yeah, we, we had, you know, when I was growing up, we only had two channels on the TV. We, we didn't have uh, VHS videos or anything like that. So the you know 
the times for the movies and novellas and things like that were the times. Like, I better do my homework, uh, dust the, the furniture and help my mom in the kitchen before that time because nobody was going to move me from the couch. Like, that was it. And, and, I, and I loved it. It was, my, it was my thing. And then I would just watch whatever was on TV and, and run to the mirror and repeat it and do it oh, again. Really? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And I saw, you know, we, we, I watched all American films and, and European films and, you know, they, they put everything on TV. Um, so What were your favorites? Who did you look up to as a, <laughs> as a kid? Do you have favorite actors and actresses? Oh, my movies? gosh. Yeah, I remember I was obsessed with Tom Hanks <laughs> and um, Richard Gere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good yeah. choices. Yeah. yeah. Julia Roberts was in there too. Uh, yeah, all this, you know, Sunday um, after lunch, you know, romantic movies. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you really followed through on it. You went to drama school, to theater school. Yes. So when I was 14, I started uh, in drama school for four years. At the same time, uh, I did my first three films, and and then I was I was done and I was ready to go, <laughs> and I decided to move to Madrid. Is it true that you hitchhiked to drama school? <laughs> yes, that's a true story. Yes. Okay. Yes, it was quicker than getting the bus, so <laughs> I needed to get there on time. Uh, so uh, yeah, you know, it, it was uh, the, the the line to get in the bus was just too crazy, so I just rather ask people and it is it is kind of like part of the culture yeah uh people just take you if they're going that way you know why not and i was just in my school uniform probably carrying some uh, props for the play you know because we had to build our own things so everyone knew that you know i was going to school so yeah people were happy to help. <laughs> and clearly it went well enough that you made the decision that this could be a career for me. And as you said, you went to Madrid. Oh, it was, it That's was a leap. always the one thing. That was it. That was it. No other options. I don't know what I would have done <laughs> otherwise, but yeah, that was well, I'm it. I'm glad it's worked out for you yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was that decision like with your family to say, I really want to do this and I'm going to go to Spain to, to pursue my dream? You know, uh, I didn't know what, what would the, the reaction was going to be, but as soon as I said it, both of my parents were, you know, they were like, go ahead. Wow. Go ahead. And we trust you, and that, that trust in me gave me, you know, the, the final, you know, push to go. And I did it. I mean, I, it, because also, I never, my parents were not, um, I was not making the life that they didn't have. Mm-hmm. I was not living, you know, I was not fulfilling anybody else's right. dreams. They're not actors. They didn't, you know, there was no frustration there in that sense going on or anything. They were just happy for me. And I had mm-hmm. it so clear that I just think they would have never dared to stop me. And... But, but I can only imagine. I mean, I was 18. If, if I had an 18-year-old daughter now and they, she tells me I'm going to go, I'm like, what? <laughs> That's what like, I'm thinking. I, I have a 15-year-old daughter. I'm like, <laughs> to no, my hand, no. yeah. It, it, was a, it was huge, and I, I just couldn't be more grateful for them. 
that they yeah. had that trust and confidence mm -hmm. in you. That's a real gift. And then you had great success there. And eventually you decide it's time to go to Hollywood. Time to go to LA. Great success. I think it was okay. I, I think I started doing TV in Spain and I wasn't, it just didn't feel uh, the way I thought it would. It didn't give me as much, mm. you know? Uh, and then it was kind of like, I had a hard time transitioning from that, you know, TV stigma or whatever. Um, to working with the film directors right. that I wanted to work with and that kind of like it was taking too long it didn't happen and I was frustrated and I'm not very patient <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I just yeah I, and um, I came to LA for the first time to audition for Hands of Stone when I was still living in Madrid and I auditioned and, and, and I got the part and then that's when I decided to move to LA. And that's a but I didn't speak English, so I was like, okay, let's just see how that goes. Well, I was going to say, what was that audition like? You said, by the way, I want to be in this movie with Robert De Niro, but yeah. I don't speak English. But my character was Panamanian, so right. I was lucky. That helped. <laughs> I had time. I had some time to, to learn some English. <laughs> and, and to learn on your first big film set from Robert De Niro and stars like that. Yes. What, what was that like for you to go from... Cuba to Spain doing television all of a sudden boom oh it was incredible movie. it was it was a, an incredible experience I, I just I couldn't believe it and I brought my mom to Panama and then I brought my dad I mean everybody I just wanted them to to see you know and to, to be proud and to experience mm -hmm. that too because I didn't know if it was gonna happen again <laughs> so, <laughs> right right you, you never know. know yeah so that was that was a that was incredible, truly, like, amazing. I love what you say when people, how did you learn English so fast? Like, because I had to, to survive. If uh, I was going to make it in the business I wanted to be in, I had to yeah, learn English. Yeah. And then you mentioned Knock Knock with Keanu Reeves. It yeah. feels like you had exposure to just great actors yeah. as you were coming up and learning the business. Great, great actors and great friends. Yeah. Great people. Yeah. And so what were those early, as you were climbing up, and then we talked about Knives Out and doing yeah. the Bond movie and all these, you know, Grey Men this year, all these big, yeah. big projects. You, it feels to me like you started pretty big. Oh, my gosh. It feels so slow. <laughs> <laughs> it you felt to me at you? the time, it felt like, what is happening? Um, you know, it, you have an ambition. I had an ambition and I had this desire and I had this idea of what I knew I could do. But sometimes, I mean, you do the best you can with what you're given. Yeah. And you're try, you try to build what you can with that. And sometimes, you know, it's not exactly what you wish it was. It's not what you really want to do. You have to... Um, you know, you have to take risks. You have to say yes to, to, to projects that you're, you're not really in love with. But you're building. You're building, you're building, you're building. Mm. And at some point, you hope that you're tall enough to see, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, and, and I feel like that, that, that's what I've learned, you know, and... Um, I would have been way more patient and nicer to myself, you know, like I would have given me more credit. Like mm -hmm. looking back now, I, you know, I should have uh, been more, you know, 
It's easy to say now, though. Yeah, when you're impatient yeah. back then, yes, yes, it's hard yes. to see them as steps in the road. But you know, you know, I, 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 when I, who would have thought that Andrew thought of me because he saw knock knock? Yeah, like what? That would have never ever crossed my mind, right. ever. And you, you, so you never know what someone else is gonna see in a job that maybe at the time wasn't. Um, appreciated or understood or something, but if you do your job, at the end of the day, someone's gonna pay attention to that. It's, mm. it's gonna come across, it's gonna, it's gonna be seen. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of not giving up and like struggle through the language and, and a new country and new people and giving up, you know, my second home after eight years after having given up, given up my friends and my mm. family. So for a third time, just like moving on to, a third, to another place and just start from zero again. But it paid off and it's been incredible. Stick around for more of my conversation with Ana de Armas right after a quick break. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Join me, Esther Perel, every Monday in my office on Where Should We Begin? I'm talking to couples and individuals about love and work, about turning conflict into connection. More than ever, our relationships define the quality of our lives. So let's explore the myriad of relational challenges together. See you Monday. Welcome back now to the rest of my conversation with Ana de Armas. It's happened for people to yeah. realize in a relatively short period of time. You've yeah. been in so many big movies lately. People go, oh yeah, Anna, she's been around for a long time. I mean, Knock Knock was 2016 or something like that. I mean, it's <laughs> like, this like is, a, this yeah, is yeah, not yeah. a lot of time that you've, yeah. you've done it, which is a tribute to you. Yeah. Um, we were talking about Knives Out a minute ago, yes. which is just phenomenal. Yes. And it strikes me that it was a bit of a surprise success for you because I take it when you read the part, you weren't that excited about it originally. Is that true? No. Well, I was in the middle of shooting another movie and I just got a, um, an email with no script. It was a secret script. So, okay, no information at all. I couldn't read anything. And it was a, the character description was Latina ter- caretaker. Right pretty something like that and one scene and I'm like I don't have time for this like I don't what is it can I read the whole script and they kept saying no 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 like I just couldn't have access to it and they kept saying that but but she's important but she's a good character in the movie like she's I'm like I've heard this before (laughs) I don't think a nurse no and I just kept saying no, 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 truly because I was very, you know, in the middle of filming mm. something. And until, you know, they were like, okay, we'll send you the script. Oh, and they as, did. Oh, yeah. And as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, my God, I need to send this tape now. <laughs> I cannot lose this part. 
Yeah. And it becomes a huge success, and you're nominated for Best Actress, the Golden Globe Award. What was that like to just see your name on that list? That was surreal. That was crazy. Yeah, I just, I never thought, uh, yeah, I just never thought um, that character was going to give me that. I don't know. And is there any light you can shed on Knives Out 2, or are you sworn to secrecy? No, the only thing I can say is that damn Ryan Johnson for not calling me. <laughs> and I miss them all so much. Yeah. And it was one of the best, most beautiful experiences I've ever had on set. It, it was truly the most, the, the most joyful, amazing cast. And, and Ryan is incredible and he's an unbelievable director. And I wish, I wish I had more time with them. Wow, you were so good in that movie, so Thank good. Thank you. So as we talk about all these things you've accomplished in such a short period of time, and now this movie that's got everybody talking, mm. blonde, and people continue to talk about it, <laughs> as we move down in the months and into award season, perhaps, do you ever stop and think, my gosh, look how far I've come from hitchhiking in Cuba <laughs> to the drama school, yeah, to the heights I've reached now in Hollywood? Yeah. Absolutely. I do stop sometimes, not very often. Usually stop because someone else, people who love me and are very close to me, tell me to stop. Mm. And they say, come, come down one second. And they put me next to a window, maybe. and say, look outside. You're seeing the lay, all the lights. Look at your poster on Sunset Boulevard. Look at this and that. Like, you know, do you realize? what you've done and and I'm like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So let's go <laughs> you know let's yeah, yeah yeah whatever I don't want to talk about it but sometimes it's it's important it's good it's good because because it keeps you grounded and it keeps you you know reminds you of um it's important to have gratitude for that and and to also uh, celebrate yourself for the hard work and the, the, you know, for not compromising and for not stopping and for all of that. And also understand how lucky you've been and what you've done with that. Mm. Because um, so many people have this dream. So many people want to do that. And they're also talented. And, there's so many factors that, you know, play into this and that, you know, that it's important to stop and take it in and, and understand mm. the, all the amazing things that are happening. Hmm? What does your family back in Cuba think about all this? Can they Everyone's, believe it? They're very proud. They're very, very proud. Um, yeah, family, friends. Uh, you know, the other day, um, I don't have Facebook, so my friends send me screenshots of things that happen in Facebook or whatever, and, and all, one day, all of a sudden, everyone started sending me the same picture, and it was uh, a classmate from my drama school, and he had posted this picture of mine when we were 14, doing mm -hmm. a little something on stage, um, and he said something like, you know, remember Anna, you know, when 
we were all together studying and having dreams and mm. you know living life and being teenagers and having fun now she's about to do the impossible she's about to play Marilyn Monroe in this movie and we should all be so proud of her mm. and that was a it was it was beautiful it was really beautiful because we study together you know we you know and and it feels like uh, it makes me proud to make them proud mm. yeah and if anything is it's what he calls the impossible then at least I'm showing them that maybe it's not the impossible right. you know that it, it, it happens so and it probably feels in some way like all yeah. those people had a hand in this, right? Yeah. They got to yeah. your oh, for family, sure. your for sure. classmates. Absolutely. They get a little piece yeah. of this. So yeah, from them to to my family and my friends and everybody, yeah, everyone is is really excited and, and proud and happy and yeah. Well, they should that. be. It's it's an extraordinary performance. Congratulations, Thank and I can't wait for you to see it on a big screen I like know. I did. <laughs> Oh, there it oh, is. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait for Venice. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Congratulations. And it's to great hear, to talk to hear you. hear the audience, like, around you. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Special. Very special. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. My big thanks again to Anna for a great conversation. You can check out Blonde when it begins streaming on Netflix on September 28th. My thanks to all of you for listening again this week. If you want to hear more of my conversations with our guests every week, be sure to click follow so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to tune in to Sunday Today every weekend on NBC. I'm Willie Geist. See you right back here next week on the Sunday Sit Down Podcast. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. 